worship from the 117th Psalmist. Let's read it together. Okay. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. For great is his steadfast love toward us, and his faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning praising and adoring you for you are worthy. Your steadfast love endures to us forever. And Lord, we rejoice in that. Uh, we rejoice in knowing that you have restored us to a relationship with you uh, through sending your son to die for us, to take our sins and the payment for our sins upon himself so that we might stand before you clothed in his righteousness. And Lord, this morning, we rejoice in that. And so we pray that our time together here this morning would bring all honor and glory to you. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's turn to the hymn number four. We'll sing a cappello. Once again. I see all of the verses here to all praise to God who reigns above. All praise to God who reigns above, the God of all creation, the God of wonders, power, and love, the God of our salvation. With healing balm, my soul he fills. The God who every sorrow stills, to God all praise and glory. What God's almighty power hath made, His gracious mercy keepeth. By morning dawn or evening shade, His watchful line Within the kingdom of his might, lo, all is just and all is right. To God all praise and glory. I cried to him in time of need, Lord God, oh, hear my calling. For death he gave me life indeed, and kept my feet from falling. For this my thanks shall endless be, oh, thank him, thank our God with me, to God all praise and glory. The Lord forsaketh not his flock, his chosen generation. He is their refuge and their rock, their peace and their salvation. As with the mother's tender hand, he leads his own, his chosen band, to God all praise and glory. Christ's holy name, to God give praise and glory. Ye who the Father's power proclaim, to God 
God give praise and glory. All idols underfoot be trod. The Lord is God, the Lord is God. To God all praise and glory. Then come before His presence now and banish fear and sadness to your redeemer pay your vow and sing with joy and gladness through great distress my soul befell the lord my god did all things well to god all praise and glory well we uh, read from psalm 32 of david's understanding and coming to understand his need of god's forgiveness and uh, and be a call to worship a call to confess our sins for us or there we read, For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by a heat of summer. So we confess our sins this morning. Uh, reading and uh, using as our prayer confession, David's prayer confession, which we find in Psalm uh, 51. So let's confess our sins uh, together uh, from this prayer confession from Psalm 51. Have mercy, have mercy on me, O God, God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you and you only have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words, and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Forgiveness. And we should we should also know that God forgives us when we confess our sins. But we read of the assurance of this forgiveness in Psalm 32. Once again, I acknowledge my sin to you. I did not cover my iniquity. 
I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Well, uh, as we come again to a time uh, where we pray for the needs of our congregation, I ask you to remember to be praying for uh, the uh, needs you find on the prayer list there. Remember to continue to pray for the Rogers family and the Tut family. This, uh, they have recently lost <coughs> loved ones. Uh, ask you to pray as well, especially this morning, Don's uh, son-in-law, Tim, his wife, uh, who, who lost a son several months ago in an automobile accident. This morning they got the news that her daughter was killed in an automobile accident as well. So um, a very tough time. Her name is Tanya. Please uh, keep uh, Tanya King in your prayers uh, uh, right now and for God's amazing comfort to her in time of just amazing grief and loss. So let's pray together. Father, this morning as we come, we come at a time when uh, there is this uh, pandemic uh, going on uh, throughout the world. And we see uh, the world's reaction to it and the different nations reacting differently. We see how uh, our nation has, has reacted uh, in, uh, in desires uh, to uh, slow the spread or even stop the spread of this deadly virus. We pray, Lord, that... Uh, you would continue to um, help us to recover uh, from it and that uh, as we recover our elected officials lord may they make rules may they have wisdom in knowing when to begin to relax the um, requirements they put on us uh, lord I, I pray that uh, it would it would happen soon but lord not so soon that it might uh, endanger people's lives but, Lord, we do pray that we would be able to get back uh, to our normal uh, activities, especially our, our normal worship of, of you. I know, Lord, that this has been a time which has hurt uh, many people financially. I think in our own midst this morning, uh, Nita, uh, in, in the difficulty that she's had by not being able to work during this time. Uh, Lord, I also think of Mike Strickland and... Uh, the, the troubles that uh, the whole Strickland family will encounter because of his uh, loss of his job. Um, Lord, I know that there are a number of things open to him for the future and uh, it looks really bright and in, encouraging in some areas. So, Lord, I pray that you would uh, continue to guide uh, them in, in the direction that you would have them to go, that you would be pleased to use his life uh, to minister for you because that's really what his, his uh, biggest desire in, uh, in employment would be, would be able to work in an occupation in which he could uh, be a minister. And so, Lord, I pray that you would guide them and provide for them, show them open doors, closed doors, so that they would know exactly where you have to go. Lord, this morning um, we, we come with heavy hearts. Uh, we come with heavy hearts. Uh, remembering our, our beloved sister Ruth and, and how uh, you have taken her home to be with you. And that is a good thing. And even like Paul, she would have said to depart and be with you is better by far. And we know that being in your presence, it is something that, that we should rejoice over too. But yet, Lord, the, the family misses her, especially Don. So we pray that you would comfort him, uh, especially with your presence at this time, and remind him uh, of where she is and uh, 
what she's experiencing just now. Pray the same thing for the Tuck family. Uh, while uh, Jean had suffered from dementia for several years, uh, yet, Lord, when when she's no longer here physically, there's a sense of loss. And so I pray that you would uh, truly comfort them, especially Harold, Lord, being married to someone for almost 72 years, and then all of a sudden they're not there. It's, it's difficult. And so, Lord, I, I thank you for the good news that you have uh, enabled him to go home and, and live with Leanne. I pray that you would, uh, that you would especially uh, encourage her and and uh, make it be a joy to be able to um, take care of her father here in his last years. And so, Lord, I pray that you would encourage them you know, both with your presence and your love and your comfort and your care and that you continue to provide for them. Father, for others who are hurting, I think especially this morning of those who are uh, shut-ins. Um, think of Bill and, and Marilyn who's kind of shut-in because Bill's there with her. Think of my dad, uh, they're in Little Rock, an assisted living facility. Thank you that he's in a good place where the those who work there truly seem to, to care and try to take care of and provide and encourage their residents um, during this time. I thank you that he, my dad seems to have such a good attitude even in the midst of this, but I pray, Lord, that you would continually remind them of your presence with them. Lord, for others who are, who are uh, hurting in different ways because of the, uh, the, the times that we're going through. But Lord, also those who are hurting, uh, especially uh, spiritually. Um, maybe, Lord, so many have drifted far from you and far, far from your church. I pray, Lord, that you would remind them of the grace that you've shown in Christ Jesus. Remind them that that doesn't mean that they have a license to sin and a license to ignore your word, ignite a license to ignore a gathering together to fellowship with your people, a gathering together to worship you corporately. I pray, Lord, that you would, even as you did with David, you would put a heavy hand upon them until they return uh, to the joy of knowing fellowship with you and with the body of Christ. Lord, I pray for us now this morning as we continue in this time that you would uh, be pleased to uh, use your word in our lives, encourage us with it, um, and may we, as we go from this place, may we be reminded and strengthened uh, with these words throughout this week, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Joshua chapter 8. Chapter 8, <clears throat> continuing with the, uh, our lessons in Joshua, I'll read, uh, start reading at the first verse and read it on through verse 29. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Take the whole army with you and go up and attack Ai, for I have delivered into your hands the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. And you shall do to Ai and its kings as you did to Jericho and its king, except that you may carry off the plunder and livestock for yourselves, set an ambush behind the city. So Joshua and the whole army moved out to attack Ai. He chose 30,000 of his best fighting men and sent them out at night with, uh, with these orders. Listen carefully. You are to set an ambush behind the city. Don't go very far from it. 
all of you uh, be on the all, uh, all of you be on the alert. <clears throat> and, and I and all those with me will advance on the city, and when the men come out against us, as they did before, as they did before, we will flee from them, and they will pursue us until we have lured them away from the city. And uh, for they will say they are running away from us as they did before. So when we flee from them, you are to rise up from ambush and take the city. The Lord your God will give it into your hands. <clears throat> when you have taken the city, set it on fire. Do what the Lord has commanded. See to it. Uh, you have my orders. And then Joshua sent them off and they went to the place of ambush. And they lay in wait between Bethel and Ai to the west of Ai. But Joshua spent the night with the people. Early the next morning, Joshua mustered his men, and he and the leaders of Israel marched before them to Ai. The entire force that was with him marched up and approached the city and arrived in front of it. They set up, they set up camp north of Ai in the valley between them and the city. Joshua had taken about 5,000 men, and he set up ambush between Bethel and Ai. To the west of the city, they had uh, they had the soldiers take up their positions. All those in the camp to the north of the city and ambush to the west of, of it. That night, Joshua went into the valley. When the king of Ai saw this, he and all men of the city hurried out early the next morning to meet Israel uh, in battle at a certain place overlooking the uh, Arabah. But he. Uh, but he did not know that the ambush had been set against him behind the city. Joshua and all Israel set themselves to be driven back before them, before them, and they fled towards the desert. All the men of Ai were called to pursue them, and they pursued Joshua and were lured away from the city. Not a man remained in Ai or Bethel who did not go after Israel. They left the city open and went in pursuit of Israel. When the Lord said to Joshua, Hold out toward Ai the javelin that is in your hand, uh, for into your hand I have delivered the city. So Joshua held out his javelin towards Ai. As soon as he did this, the men in the ambush rose quickly from their position and rushed forward. They entered the city and captured it and quickly set it on fire. The men of Ai looked back and saw the smoke of the city rising against the sky. But they had no chance to escape in any direction, for Israel, who had been fleeing towards the desert, had turned back against the pursuers. When Joshua and all Israel saw that the ambush had taken the city and that the smoke was going up uh, from the city, they turned around and attacked the men of Ai. The men of ambush also came out of the city against them so that they were caught in the middle. With Israelites on both sides, Israel uh, cut uh, them down leaving them neither survivors nor fugitives. But they took the king of Ai alive and brought him to Joshua. When Israel had finished killing all the men of Ai in the fields and in the desert where they had chased them, and when every one of them had been put to the sword, all the Israelites returned uh, to Ai and killed those who were in it. 12,000 men and women fell that day. All the people of Ai for Joshua did not draw back the hand that held out his javelin until he had destroyed all who lived in Ai. But Israel did not carry off, but Israel did carry off for themselves all the livestock and plunder of the city as the Lord had instructed Joshua. So Joshua burned Ai and made it a permanent heap of ruins, uh, a desolate place to this day. 
He hung the king of Ai on a tree and left him there until evening at sunset. Joshua ordered them to take the body from the tree and throw it down at the entrance of the gate. And they raised a large pile of rocks over it, uh, which remains to this day. Well, we uh, again, let me remind you as, as we look at this in our 21st century eyes and think, well, how awful that they would go in and destroy the city as they did. But we need to be reminded once again that as they go and, the, and they destroy the inhabitants of the land, um, they're not in, in destroying innocent men, women, and children who are just going about their daily lives doing all and trying to please God with all that they do. Uh, and remember when God uh, came to Abraham uh, in Genesis 15, he made a covenant with them. He said that, that you're not going to get to take possession of the land right yet. Uh, your people are going to be enslaved for 400 years, and then I'll bring them back here. He said, because the sin of the Amorite is not yet complete. What does he say? He says, there are wicked, wicked people that live there, and I will be patient with them for another 400 years, and then when their wickedness has reached a certain level, my patience is done with them. And then we see, if you were with us uh, back when we were uh, preaching on this uh, with, about the Battle of Jericho, we see places in uh, Numbers and in Deuteronomy talking about the wickedness of the people that inhabited the land at that time. They were a wicked people. They had been given a God's patience for 400 years, and now God's patience is done with their wickedness, and he's driving them out. And so that's what we see here. You remember the, the victory that God gave the people in uh, Jericho where he instructs them how to win the battle. They're to march around the city one time for seven days, seven days. March around seven times, blow the horn, yell, the walls fall. And they go in and destroy and, and the Lord fights the battle of Jericho, right? And he wins the battle. And then we see, we saw in chapter 7 last week, we're coming with full confidence that, that the Lord's going to give them uh, everything that he has promised. They seem to maybe have forgotten just a little bit, or at least some of them have forgotten just a little bit, that uh, God has told them um, when they attacked Jericho that they, there are certain things for, uh, dedicated for destruction. They're to destroy all of that. Certain things are dedicated to the Lord, the gold and the silver and, and the, the precious metals and stuff. That's to go to the Lord and to be in his treasury. And uh, there was one individual who knew that. He knew the problems with uh, stealing, but he did it anyway. He took it and he hid it in the bottom of his tent, recognizing that he had, he had broken the law of God. It wasn't as though he didn't know. He hid it. He was trying to hide it. And what happens here, because of his sin, we see the consequences of in chapter 7. We see it in the very first verse of chapter 7, the consequences of Achan's sin. Um... The very last sentence in, in the, the, uh, chapter 7, verse 1. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel. doesn't say the Lord's anger burned against Achan. The Lord's anger burned against Israel because he told them, if you, if you don't do what I tell you with these things, to devote them either to destruction or to the Lord, trouble's going to come on Israel. And so we see it again in, in uh, the second part of verse 25 in chapter 7, uh, where Joshua is, is speaking to Achan, starting at the very first. Joshua said, you have brought this trouble on us. You have brought this trouble on us. You didn't bring this trouble just on yourself. You brought it on 
all of God's people here. Hopefully, you are well enough acquainted with Scripture to see an implication here. With what Achan has done bringing trouble on all of Israel, not just on himself, but on all of Israel, you should be reminded of Romans chapter 5, where in Romans chapter 5 we see that it is because the sin of one man, that being Adam, because of the sin of one man, death comes to all men. Wasn't, uh, wasn't that I, I did that, it was because Adam did it. And because of Adam's fall, we are all born in sin. Even our prayer of confession, following David's prayer of confession here this morning, in sin did my mother conceive me. We are born in sin. We're born sinners. And the consequences of Adam's sin affects every one of us. And trouble comes on every one of us because Adam's sin, just as the, the trouble came on all Israel because of Achan's sin here. Now, the punishment that we see happening on Achan here is death. That's a, that's a just punishment for what he said. Because the result of his work, 36 Israelites died when they were in battle against uh, Ai. And the punishment for his sin, we see, is that he was stoned and then burned. And, the, the heat. and so it is the, the punishment uh, comes for the one who bears the guilt of the sin at this point, right? And when that happens, we see something amazing happen. Here in chapter 8, where God has brought trouble on Israel because of their sin. Now that sin has been paid for and, and the punishment doled out on Achan. And now there's a restored relationship with God. Now God, who was against them, was not going to allow them to win, even against Ai, the small town of Ai, now, God comes and brings power and restores that relationship with them. I'll read to you one paragraph from Ralph Davis here. It says, um, Bear in mind that the time and necessity of Yahweh's help, it comes after sin has been dealt with and judgment executed. Let me read that again. It comes after sin has been dealt with and judgment executed. Israel must have God's power, even for little Ai. With the power of God, the great Jericho could be taken. Without his power, not even the smallest post could be overrun. How utterly dependent God's people are upon God's power for any success. This is what the text preaches to us. And the power of God is removed from that relationship with him is broken and his power instead of being for us is against us but when that relationship is restored by the one bearing the sins of paying for those sins that relationship is restored hopefully the implications of this are on your mind right now because I think this in a sense is pointing us forward to one who will actually come and take care of the sins which break our relationship with God. We who are sinners by virtue of us being born in Adam, and then we act upon that, the, the trouble comes upon us, God's wrath comes upon us all because of that. And so what has God done? He sent His own Son to come and 
as we read in, in 2 Corinthians 5, God made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God. What has happened to my sin, the sin that brings trouble upon me, the, trouble with, the sin which brings trouble upon all of God's people? Well, it's paid for. It's paid for in the one righteous one who, in this amazing exchange, God takes my sin and imputes it to Christ's account. And he pays for it. And now that it's paid for, my relationship with him is restored. In Galatians chapter 3, Paul talks about uh, the wrath of God being poured out on Jesus. He was sinless, though. So why is it that God's wrath, would be, which is only poured out on sin, why would it be poured out on Jesus? Because he took my sin. He dies on the cross. Paul says in Galatians chapter 3, reminding us of Exodus, cursed is everyone who dies on the tree. Jesus takes the curse of my sin. And when that sin is paid for by the death of one bearing that sin, now the relationship with God is restored. Now we can know his power and his strength in all things. Well, that's a, that's a message for us, I think, from uh, this passage of Joshua here, Joshua chapter 8. That our relationship with God, even though it was broken by sin, has been restored by the death of one who bears that sin on our behalf. Well, let's pray. Father, we, we do thank you uh, and rejoice in knowing that even though we are sinners, even though that sin has barred our uh, relationship with you, you have restored our relationship with you by having one come and bear that sin for us and giving his life so that uh, our relationship with you is what it should be. And so, Lord, now we can know your, your power and your guidance, your direction in our life, uh, even as they did uh, here in Joshua chapter 8 when their relationship was, with you was restored because the sin been dealt with. Lord, I pray that you would encourage us with these words, remind us of these truths in our lives today. We pray it in Jesus' name. Now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.